Welcome to the conversation with your host, Andrew Brunette. Welcome to the conversation presented by The Lantern. I'm your host, Andrew Brunette, and today we have a very special guest with us. Welcome our friend Brittany Farr to the program. First of all, congratulations on being reelected as Clovertown Councilwoman. Share with us what emotions went through your mind when you received the results that you won the election. Uh, hey, Andrew, thank you so much for having me today. Um, uh, it's been a, a journey, uh, I'll say. It's kind of after the election, it's sort of like a, a giant exhale because you you go through this process of filing and campaigning and, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those people that I'm I'm not the the quote unquote shaking hands and kissing babies kind of person. So it's it's a little um outside of my outside of my box to to get out there and be as social as you have to be for a position like this. Um, you know, when I first ran uh two years ago, it was like the one of the biggest decisions I think I've ever made and it was such a daunting decision, but I it it was like a gut thing where I kept getting this feeling, you know, that I I needed to do something. I needed to, um, instead of just talk about it, be about it kind of a thing. Um, and so I almost actually didn't refile for this term. Um, I, I got into a place where I, I'm doing so many things uh, to to fight, you know, tyrannical things across the state and the nation and also, you know, I homeschool my children, so I felt like I was being pulled in a bunch of directions. Um, but ultimately, it was sort of a an eleventh hour decision. I, I literally waited until there was one hour left to file, and I finally was just like, "All right, you're either going to do it or you're not." And I just loaded my kids up, and in the car we we went to York. Um, when we got the results from the election, you know, I I was preparing myself. Either way, I was like, listen up, God, I'm, this is in your hands completely. I'm not even in this equation until it, the race is over. Um, and, you know, I was pleasantly surprised to see that I got over 150 more votes this time than I did last time. So it was very reassuring that, um, you know, people see me and hear me and, and understand what I'm about. And because there's, it's a lonely road sometimes. So it, it, it there was some definite relief and glad for the race part to be over and and I look forward to to another four years. It, it's going to be hard. It's, this is never easy. You lose a lot of sleep, um, but I, I just look forward to it. I'm I'm excited to see what the next four years holds. So, what are some of the goals and missions that you hope to achieve while in this position? Hmm, um, that's a loaded question. I'm sure you get a lot of um, fluffy answers to this sometimes, but for me, ever since I really started getting involved in politics, um, it, it's always been about elections and the process of elections. Um, I've, I've gone down a lot of quote-unquote rabbit holes, and I've done a ton of research and helped us um, in a lot of election integrity and America First effort things. Um, for me, I would love to see the municipalities pull away from the county board of elections and actually run their own elections on paper ballots, hand counts, and, and have, have that, that control in our own municipality. Um, it's, it's a pretty general consensus, too, for 
the uh, folks that are on council now and, and the new ones coming in, um, that economic development um, in the form of business and industry and, and stabilizing growth to suit our needs and not just selling out to the highest bidder or developer and relying solely on the sale of water meters to fund projects. Um, but I'd say, you know, most of all, I wish to really inspire others to get involved. Um, especially in their local government, and to really pay attention to who and what they're voting for, what's happening, or the potential ramifications of what is coming down the pipeline. You know, we, in, just in Clover, uh, we have so many boards of, open with seats available right now, and today is the deadline to apply for those uh, positions because we have to, as council, we have to vote on those uh, to appoint people to those boards. Um, and, you know, we have the Board of Zoning Appeals and Planning Commission and, um, you, you know, a Housing Authority, the Architectural Review Board, Economic Development. There's probably one or two others that I'm forgetting about, but they all have seats, you know, that we need to fill. And, and it, it needs to – people need to be willing to step up. And if they want certain change, then they kind of need to be part of the direction of that change. That is what I would like for people mostly to, to start doing is get involved. Don't wait until you have to be reactive, be proactive. So I hear Clover has a five-year revitalization plan. First, explain to us what the vision of this plan actually is. Um, so I, it's, it's actually a three-year plan if you're, if you mean the, the Main Street program of South Carolina. Um, right. Yeah, so we have already formed a steering committee, and a lot of this stuff had already taken place prior to my um, joining council two years ago. The wheels were already in motion for it. But um, since I've been on council, we have formed a steering committee and hired Elisa Griffith as our Main Street Director, and primarily she's been doing a lot of training through MASC and working to streamline the process of bringing business into Clover. I think mainly our goal is just to revitalize our downtown and create and, and um, attract retail opportunities and experiences for the community for, for economic vitality. Um, I'd say we'd, we'd like to attract people to our downtown area from surrounding areas as well. It's not, you know, just for Clover. I mean, obviously, our, our town limit is our main priority, but we want people to visit and feel welcome and want to spend their time and their money with what we have to offer in town. Um, our facade grant is really doing better than it has in the past, so much so that just last month um, we, the uh, steering committee had pretty much come to us with an ask for an additional $21,000 towards our facade grant um, budget line item, and we approved that. and. Since last month, most of that money has already been allocated to businesses. So that's a really good, strong thing for us as well. So what new <clears throat> businesses have you seen open? Are there any improvements that you think could be brought to downtown to make it better? I think, well, just in the last six months, for example, um, we've seen the purchase of several of our historic buildings um, by local businessmen and Clover natives. He has secured several new tenants and is showing us very promising plans for new restaurants, um, mixed use and residential shops. Um, so far, just in the last, I'd say, 
three to six months, we have done ribbon cuttings for a skateboard shop, a beauty salon, a farm-to-table restaurant. Um, a lot of people probably heard of that one. That one is Clover Harvest. The um, beauty salon, it was called uh, No Limits Hair Salon, I believe. And um, the skateboard shop's name is Textile Skate. Uh, but also, we've gotten a, a photography studio in one of our storefronts. And, of course, now, I'm sure you heard about it, York County opened its first tattoo parlor since the the um, ordinances and stuff for the county have changed in the last year. And they decided to open right here in Clover. It was really awesome. Uh, that's just to name a few. There's a few more businesses that are set to open up here in the next, I'd say, before the end of the year. Hopefully, I know one of them for sure is um, a coffee shop, and then there's another kind of like a cafe style restaurant that's opening up as well. So we we have a lot to be thankful for that you know in this kind of economy we're we're still opening businesses and people are feeling encouraged to do so and there's opportunity to do so. Um, and I think it's providing a lot more diverse set of things to do right here in town versus, you know, scooting over to the neighboring towns and cities to find things to do. So it's very exciting. Um, I, I, I pray for these businesses. I pray for the owners and I pray that they're supported and loved and, 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 uh, accepted in, in the town of Clover because there's, everyone's going to have a different flavor. So what are some of your places to, Favorite places to shop and eat? To eat, um, we love going to Courtney's Barbecue and Clover Harvest and between South Main and Eagle's Nest, we, we kind of frequent those four establishments the most, I would say. Um, I love the, some of the shops that are in town. Uh, Southern Willow is one of my favorite. They have some beautiful gifts in there. Um, and Amazing Grace is another little gift shop area too. And then we have a, um, clothing retail store and she, Puddin's one stop shop. She has all kinds of, of gifts and clothing and it's, it's, it's just really cool to see, especially on the, on the, um, southern side of town. It's nice to see that there's more businesses coming in there. So in your own words, how do you define the success of a community? Um, my own words, community, just being neighborly. I mean, you, it, it doesn't take much to show you care, um, to show that you support someone's effort, um, showing gratitude and a willingness to be helpful, no matter who you're dealing with. Um, I feel like everyone, you know, it's really cliche to say, but you can't know someone's story until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Uh, but everyone has something that they're going through. And I think just taking a moment to think that a, a, a gesture of kindness can go a long way in someone's day. Um, extending a hand for help. It's, it's just things like that. It's that, that, village it takes a village mentality um and it you can support a business or um a friend in any way that doesn't cost you a dollar share their share their business on social media 
give them a like, give them a comment to boost their algorithms. All those things give them more visibility for people that that can afford to, you know, spend their money in addition to time. Um, there's that to me. That's what community is. It's not looking for what someone. Ah, I'm trying to think of how I want to word word this. You know, you don't have to look at all the things that make us different. Sometimes you got to look at it and see what each other has in common and build upon that, if that makes sense. So what can be done to bring the people together rather than divide? I think communication. Communication, communication, communication. You know, we live in such a polarized environment and 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 time where everyone is so quick to get offended instead of really trying to listen to hear versus listening to respond. Um, I feel like if we truly looked at people's intentions behind the things that they do and say, it would tell us a whole lot more about who that person is and how to how to interact with them better. So how do you plan to involve the citizens of Clover in the decision-making process? Honestly, I can plan to involve people all day long, but the choice is truly up to them. I, you know, I can't force them to be involved. I can't. All I can do is encourage and continue to post and continue to talk and, and and that's really all I can do is just extend that olive branch and say, hey, look, I'm here. Like, if, if there's an issue, I can't fix or address something I don't know. So if people are only willing to, you know, complain, because you see this on social media so much and, and, you know, everybody, there's not one person who isn't guilty of this. You know, they, it's that whole keyboard uh, warrior mentality, like, hey, let's let, let's get offline here and actually have a conversation, whether that be on the phone or um, if someone needs to meet me for coffee to talk about something, I will figure out a way to make it happen. But it's it's, it's just communication. We citizens have to be willing to communicate their desires or and their grievances in person, and not just um. You know, not just when they're when they're angry. Like I, I wish that they would be quick too, because and I'm guilty of this myself. I, I wish they would be quicker to thank your elected officials for what they do do right. You know, not just kicking them down when you're mad at them or when something didn't necessarily go your way. Because this is a it's a job that it's very hard. It's taxing, um, and we I know I, I'm not going to speak for every you know elected official. I wish I could snap my fingers and fix all the problems for everybody. Um, there's just not enough hours in the day, but I want people to know that I do hear their problems and I see their problems and I research their problems. And if, if I don't know an answer, I'll, I'll look for it. So do you have any political ambitions besides city council? <laughs> I get asked this question a lot, actually. Um, it, it's funny. There, there was my daughter's, best friend's mother texted me on election day and said that her daughter said that she couldn't wait for Jovi's mom to be president. And 
that's just in her simple little mind, you know, thinking that that was what was going on in, at the election in Clover. Uh, but it, it tickled my fancy, you know, because I was like, oh, honey, that, that, that's probably not in my sights ever. Um, but I've had people suggest that I run for county or, hey, I'll see you at the state house one day. And it may be. I, I'm not going to say yes or no. Um, if God puts that on my heart and he seems to be putting stuff on my heart a whole lot more lately, um, you know, I'll, I'll wait for, for that guidance and that nudge from God. So what motivates you to continue on in politics? Um, my children and, you know, their future children and just, just future generations, honestly. Um, you know, I, I sit back and I look at the childhood that I had and the childhood that my family had. And I'm looking at my kids and thinking, man, they, they have no idea how good it was. Um, and, and even as good as it was when I was a kid, there were still so many problems that, you know, we couldn't have possibly understood until we, you know, you can't connect dots forward. You can only connect them backwards. Um, and so when I, that's just where my brain goes. I wanted to be, I wanted to show my children that, you know, you can't just sit back and complain about stuff when you don't like what you see going in, you know, on in your government. So I wanted to to be a, a role model for them and say, you know what, this is what you have to do. You have to put yourself out there and be willing to get drugged through the mud a little bit um, in order to make a difference. So before you became a council lady, how were you volunteering and serving the community and in what capacity? Um, well, before I became a council lady person, however you want to address that, um, I actually lived in the county. Um, it wasn't until maybe a year of living in town again before I really started entertaining it. Um, I had just like pre-COVID and 2020 nightmare and all of that. Uh, I just closed my salon down. I had a salon in Gastonia, North Carolina. And I had that for almost four years or little right at four years. And I closed that in 2019, not because I, I wasn't successful. It was just too much going on. I had that. I had three children um, that were five and under. And, you know, I just kind of needed a break. So um, when COVID and everything started and I just started, you know, seeing all these mandates and this tyrannical behavior and things like that. And I was so frustrated with parental rights. It felt like parents couldn't, had, it felt like they had no right. Like they couldn't stand up for their kids and you got to mask them and you got to do this and this and this and this. And it, I, I started my journey, I guess, pushing back on school districts, not just my own here in, in, in Clover, but, um, you know, helping research and do things with other school districts uh, across the state. And um, that ultimately led me to decide to homeschool my own children. And I finally was like, oh, we have an election coming up. So I was praying about it and praying about it. Um, and I just decided, shoot, let, let's go. Um, put my name in the hat for a, for a seat that was, I was filling a seat um, that had to be vacated because someone had to, to um, 
leave their, their seat. But when I won, it was just like, oh gosh, you know, kind of like drinking from a fire hydrant. There's just so much information coming at you. And I was sworn in immediately instead of in January. Um, but even after that, I, I, some friends of mine approached me about being on a lawsuit in January of 2021. And I, I thought about that for about a day. They asked me if I wanted to join it. And, you know, there was a little bit of hesitation in my gut at first to that I might would, you know, damage myself as an elected official or maybe not get reelected. And I ultimately I decided, you know what, this is bigger than that. And if this suit goes through and we're successful with it, that could change everything for everyone in South Carolina. And I was willing to risk it. So it was a pro se suit, which means, you know, we didn't use attorneys. We wrote the suit ourselves. We filed everything ourselves. Uh, it was a long and arduous process. And, um, you know, it ended up ending in a, uh, a motion to dismiss and they, and they kicked us out based on standing. So our own court system here in South Carolina basically told us that we didn't have a right to sue. We didn't have a leg to stand on. And so it was very disappointing and it was, um, it, it really showed what our judicial system is like here in South Carolina. And, and I don't care what anybody says. It's, it's not good down here. <laughs> Um, we, we, there's a lot of reform that needs to take place. So that's just some of the things that I've done. I've helped to write letters to legislators, not just here in South Carolina, but, you know, all over the country. I have, um, been part of a lot of grassroots efforts to fight election fraud and, and really just kind of hold people's feet to the fire in our government. And if, if I don't, who's going to, you know, I have to be part of one of the people that, that, that stands up as a lesser magistrate. Right. So on a scale from A to F, how would you assess overall elective leadership in York County and why? <laughs> uh, that's a loaded question. Um, I will leave it at this. Uh, Perhaps the people in this county have not been heard or maybe they've been ignored, but if you just do a quick search of of some of the local Facebook pages and and um and and just see the comments that people have, um I I would say it's fifty fifty. That's that's where I'll leave that. You know, there's the the people around here I feel like have been very loud about how they feel about local government. So why do you believe Clover does not receive news coverage like Rock Hill does in York County? I don't necessarily feel like Clover doesn't get that much coverage. Um, I know Sam Green, she was our former events coordinator. She, she just took a new position elsewhere. Um, but she was on, I'm pretty sure monthly on, um, WRHI with Manning Kimmel. Um, I know our town administrator, Allison Harvey, she has done multiple, um, interviews with, with him. I've, I've, I've seen articles from the Herald, you know, every area, every town or municipality, they're going to have some positive things and some negative things. I, I can't honestly say that I don't feel like we've gotten you know, 
fair amount of coverage. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't work, feel like it's been too unfair. Sorry. <laughs> so in your words, what does it mean to have the Lantern News and Media Organization as a part of your community and a member of the Chamber of Commerce? Honestly, uh, I wasn't aware that the Lantern had become a member of our chamber. So I, I actually think that that's pretty cool. That shows that they're invested in our community as well um, and gives them more opportunity to truly know what's going on in our community versus speculation. I think it's a great thing. So are there any businesses that you would like to see open or relocate in Clover? Um, I would love to see more things that are geared towards um, youth. You know, we've got program not excuse me not programs we we've got playgrounds we've got parks but there's not a whole lot for like a, a preteen or teen to kind of do around town I do believe I'm like 99.99% sure that we're also getting an arcade for um in downtown so I would I think that that's going to be a great thing especially give kids something to do um, I would say that that's maybe that and then maybe a really, really, really nice sit-down restaurant. We we just got Clover Harvest, and that has added a huge, like, date night opportunity for for couples to really actually have access to that here in town. Because sometimes it's hard to schedule, you know, babysitters and all those things to have to drive to Charlotte or to Rock Hill or Gastonia for a date night. So I think that that would be a really awesome opportunity too. So what do you feel is an important need for the Clover community in terms like infrastructure, a downtown revamp of Main Street, telecommunication or technology? Um, I'll say, well, we, we have recently received various grants from the state for water sewer updates and projects. Um, we were approved for a, uh, let me get this correct. It was a PARD grant, um, for, that is the Park and Recreation Developed Fund, which is state funded. It's not a competitive grant program, really. It's reimbursable for, like, eligible local governments for special purpose districts and things like that. We, we received some money for that for some updates and at some of our uh, one of our park's bathrooms. Um, we received some funding to go towards our streetscaping, um, our police training facility, which is behind our town hall. So, and that, that is also doesn't take into consideration our, the ARPA funds, which, you know, those funds have been received and, and we've put those in, you know, accounts that can, you know, actually grow and earn a little bit more money for us to have more uh, funding to do some of the projects that we discussed and gotten feedback from the community on for those kinds of projects. Um, as far as telecommunication and technology, I would really, and I've been pushing for this for a while, um, I would really love to see our town hall, for especially for our meetings, have recorded and archived tapes of our meetings and things like that, not just for you know, pub, the public and and um, compliance on things, but 
even for myself, because sometimes I, I, I'm in those meetings and sometimes I'd love to be able to go back and say, I need, I need to revisit this. I want to listen to this a little bit more and, and, and jog my memory because it's impossible to sit there and retain every little bit of uh, detail from those meetings. So it would be nice to have that to refer back to. Um, technology is, is kind of one of those things where it's such a great tool, but it really has potential to throw upheaval in things too because it removes humans out of the equation. You know, if you automate everything, who who actually gets to, to do those jobs anymore? You know what I'm saying? So I think technology and, and telecommunication things is are we've got to tread lightly, make sure that there's good intention behind it. So what do you say is the biggest reason that holds back the Clover community from excelling in terms of looking at other communities within York County like Fort Mill and Rock Hill? Um, well, we're in a very unique position in that our – well, first let me say, I can confidently say that we just aren't like Fort Mill or Rock Hill, and I don't think necessarily we want to be like them we're different. Um, you know, there's, I don't want to say that we're not excelling, but I don't want to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to disparage growth at all. I want to find that happy medium between keeping the quaintness and the history and the small town feel, I'm air quoting because that's what everybody likes to say, um, and, and merging it Slightly with, you know, some expansion and coming into our own as a new generation of Clover. I want to find that, that happy balance and, you know, it's, it might seem like a pipe dream and it might seem, you know, silly, but there, there's got to be a medium. We can't stay in the past, but I don't want to fly so far into the future that, that it hurts us down the road and we've grown so fast that that it gives us more problems than solutions, if that makes sense. Um, I, I would say, yeah, we, we definitely, in the, the feedback that I get from people all the time, they don't want to be Rock Hill. They don't want to be Fort Mill. They don't want to be, uh, Belmont. You know, they want this, this small, tight knit community to stay as small and tight as possible, but also be comfortable. So one of the common things in the Clover community among residents and business owners is creating community. So in your own words, tell us your definition of creating community. Um, I, I would just go back to how you, how you asked me about defining success of a community. It, it goes back to just being neighborly, being willing to, to, to be the village when people need a village. Um, communicating, being accepting of where people are in in their lives, um, being willing to reach out and do for others because you just never know when you might need to be the person that needs help. Um, it there there's community is it's just love, like just love each other, being together and realize that you are the bosses in this country. You are the boss. You're the taxpayer. You 
have the say. That's why the Constitution says we the people. And if we the people are constantly fighting with each other, then, you know, all the big shots, they're going to do what they're going to do while you're distracted. And it you just got to quit letting them distract you because we have far more in, com- in common as humans and humanity than any of this stuff that's being thrown at us to try and divide us and make us mad at each other all the time. Like, just, we got to quit being so sensitive all the time. And I'm not, I'm not saying that what, you know, people, people are, you know, hurtful and, and things like that, but it's, it's all because we've allowed ourselves to be divided instead of saying, Hey, remember Red River, Red River, let's, let's lock arms and knock over. Like, let's go. It's got to be about the people, and the people have to wake up and realize that they hold all the power. They do. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for being our guest on the conversation. We appreciate you, and thank you for what you do for the Clover community. Thank you so much. Um, if if anyone likes to reach out to me, um, my my email is bfar at clobersouthcarolina.org. Um have my Facebook page, which you guys have tagged. Um, I, I'm happy to talk with anyone if anyone has questions and I'm just really grateful Andrew for the opportunity and I really pray that this podcast blesses you guys blesses the lantern and blesses our community